Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. How are you? Um, I want you to know that you guys are on time. Everybody else from here on out is late. <clears throat> but we won't say anything about that, will we? Remain standing for prayer. Before I pray tonight, I, I do understand that chapel is not to be a time for announcements, but there is one announcement that I would like to briefly make to you tonight. We have been on the process and on the way toward regional accreditation, as you well know, for some time. And we still have not accomplished the summit of the peak, but yesterday one more step was taken. Dr. Sanders and Dr. Stelting were in Chicago and met with the review committee of the Higher Learning Commission of North Central Accrediting Association. Uh, Dr. Sanders uh, told me today that they asked some very difficult and in-depth and probing questions just to make sure that we really were what the evaluation committee had said we were. But the results of that meeting were that that review committee <coughs> concurs with the result of the evaluation team that was here and the process will take another step forward and uh, Hopefully, in about a month, we will be able to make an official announcement. But again, we can't be certain yet. But God has made a way thus far, and I just thought you ought to know that, and we ought to thank him about that together tonight. Our Heavenly Father, we do come before you in prayer with thanksgiving in our hearts this evening. We thank you, God, that you have made a way. You have led us, each and every one, to this particular place at this particular time, and you are making a way where for some of us we, we know there seems to be no way. God, we understand that we are in the middle of the longest session without a break that we offer at this college. And we understand that the cold weather and the long class hours and the darkness and all of the other things could go together to make us be very discouraged. But we are reminded tonight that you are making a way for us. And you are leading us step by step, and you will take us to the ultimate goal that you had in mind for us when you called us to this place. May we remember that tonight. May we walk step by step with faith in you, knowing that you are leading and guiding us. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are doing. Touch those who tonight are discouraged. Touch those who are, who are down and who are wondering if you really do care. Show them. Yes, God, even in these next few minutes, show them that you are there, that you are here that you are with them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Before I get into the message, I, I, want, to, uh, I want to tell you uh, something that's been happening to me in recent days. I, just, I, need, I need some sympathy. And so I thought I'd just tell you a couple of stories that hopefully will engender sympathy and you'll feel like saying, oh, when I, you know, when I get done. Uh, starts out, uh, I've been having some difficulty with, uh, with a rental car company. Oh, yeah. Uh, two years ago, I was traveling for the college. I was in uh, Huntsville, Alabama, 
uh, on a Sunday morning, getting ready for a district assembly that started that night. And it was kind of raining, and in the midst of a, of a rain, as I stopped at a stoplight, a young teenage driver, seeing the light turn yellow, being always aware that I'm from Colorado and yellow lasts way longer here than it does any place else, I, when I'm in a foreign state, foreign meaning other than Colorado, I try to stop almost as quickly as the light turns yellow, so I stop. The driver behind me saw the yellow, thought he was from Colorado and in Colorado, and would speed up and into the back of my car. Well, I had, uh, I, I have this uh, car insurance policy that's a very nice policy, and I'm not a salesman for it, but you might want to investigate it. Uh, the policy that we have, if you have both your car and your home insurance, if you have no claims for a period of three years, they'll give you back 25% of your premium for that year. And so I had not put any claims in, and almost simultaneously with the crash, I thought to myself, well, there goes my rebate this year. But uh, lo and behold, I remembered that trusty old college credit card had collision damage waiver and so I called the credit card company and they said no problem we are your best friends you need not report to your insurance company you are in good hands no it's not that company uh, <laughs> we will take care of it <clears throat> so I filed the forms that they asked me to file and I made the reports that I thought they asked me to make and uh, went blissfully on my way, believing for a year and a half that uh, the bill was paid. Well, shortly before Christmas, I got a Christmas present from my uh, rental car company saying, uh, since you nor any insurance company or any credit card company have paid this bill, you now owe us $2,715. Please pay immediately. Whereupon I called the credit card company and they said, oh, no, you didn't submit all of the required documents. We just assumed that you weren't interested in us paying it. <laughs> well, they didn't really say that, but that's got to be the logic, right? And uh, so I have now been in the process of trying to uh, pay Avis Rental Car Company $2,700. Oh, <clears throat> today I get in the mail <clears throat> a letter from Avis. And of course, in my wonderful, blissful ignorance, I saw that it was from Avis and I thought, ha, they're going to give me a reprieve and I don't have to pay the money. <laughs> and I open the letter <clears throat> and I read, <clears throat> Dear Laurel Matson." Our records indicate that the no parking violation noted above was incurred while the vehicle was on rental to you. In accordance with the terms and conditions of the rental agreement, violations are the responsibility of the renter. Since you have not paid the above violation, we have charged the credit card presented at the time of rental for the amount indicated below. Amount of fine, $120.
Administration fee, $25. Total amount, $145. Thank you. <clears throat> the next page is a copy of a ticket. City of New York, notice of parking violation. And it goes through and explains that I was in a rental car that was a Mercury that was black in color and uh, on 6-16 of 05 at 1.30 p.m. I was illegally parked in New York City. <laughs> the third page of the letter uh, gives to me the rental agreement of the car in question. Now, I'm almost hesitant to tell you all of the details of this. When I rent a car, on occasion, if, if you've ever rented cars, you know, you know that sometimes rental car companies do not give you the car you rented. They will upgrade you. I got upgraded on this one. This actually says that the car I was driving was not a Mercury, but a Lincoln Town car. And it was not black, it was white. And it was not in New York City, but Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> and in fact, it very clearly says right here that I checked out the car at 12.04 p.m. on June the 16th in Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, I certainly should have also had a citation for speeding since... I found a place to park 500 miles away an hour and 20 minutes later. Well, before I made any phone calls about this one, <clears throat> I went on through my mail, and about the second next envelope I picked up, the return address says it's from Don Perry, Director of Customer Relations, Avis Preferred Service. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to get this one open. <laughs> and on the front cover is this beautiful picture of a snowy, it made me think I was going to get hit again. Nice, you know, can, can you see that? Snowy day, beautiful pine trees, snow on the trees, a road through. It's a gorgeous picture. And on the inside it says, Dear Dr. Matson, thank you for choosing us. <laughs> Happy New Year from your friends at Avis. Best wishes. Don Perry. You know, I want to call Don tomorrow and tell her, you and I have to talk a little bit about this New York City thing. You know. But I, I thought as I saw this card and then <laughs> read the sentiments, may your road take you wherever you want to go in 2006. I actually thought... <clears throat> that all of this frivolity and your laughing at me would, you know, make the mood a little better. But also, I think it does fit in with where I want to go tonight in Scripture. I was reading in my devotions a few days ago, the beginning of the year, 
I was reading in the book of Genesis, and I'd like for you to turn to it if you would, please. I was reading in a devotional book and then later reminded again of the same passage of Scripture that the devotional book talked about as I read Genesis chapter 33. And Genesis chapter 33 is the story of Jacob and Esau getting back together again after those years where Jacob was in the far country because he had run for his very life. And he comes back to the land of his birth, not knowing whether his brother would welcome him. Well, he knew his brother would welcome him. He was just not sure whether it would be with a hug or a sword. He was, he was very fearful of how Esau would, uh, would treat him when he came back. Because as you remember, he, uh, he didn't really, well, he wasn't called the supplanter for nothing. I've often wondered about his tactics. For as he went to meet Esau, he put the flocks and the herds first, and then he put those two wives that were not his favorite next, and then the third favored wife, and finally his favorite wife. That would really be a time to be the favored one, wouldn't it? And then they met. And after their meeting, and, and uh, they talked together, and you know how all was well. And, and so often when we think of this passage of Scripture, we think of it in terms not of uh, what transpires immediately afterwards, but we think of that encounter between Jacob and Esau. But as I have read it earlier this month and thought about it uh, off and on several times during the month, I, I have thought of how they parted from this reunion. And I want to pick up the reading in verse 12. Then Esau said, let us take our journey. Let us go, and I will go before you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are weak, and the flocks and herds which are, which are nursing are with me, and if the men should drive them hard one day, all the flock will die. Please, let my Lord go on ahead before his servant. I will... I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord in Seir. And Esau said, Now let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, What need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. As I read that, as I thought about it, I was struck by the fact that Jacob was very tenderly caring for the flocks, the herds, and for all the children and the families that were with him. He knew that Esau was a strong man. He knew that Esau would probably go at a much more rapid pace than the flocks and the herds would be able to sustain, and certainly a more rapid pace than the children would be able to follow. And so he, with compassion and tenderness, says, no, you go at your pace. I'll go at my pace. And I want to suggest to you that 
that each of us has a pace at which God wants us to go, and he will lead us at the pace he desires of us, which may be different than the pace others would be going. I know you won't believe this by the way I look now, but a few years ago, I was on a treadmill every morning of my life. And I was in fairly decent shape, and I was substantially, there was, there was a lot less of me than there is now, let's just put it that way. And, and, and yet I, I was never a runner. I'm not like Dan. I pff, couldn't run at all like him. One morning I found myself uh, in a motel in Indianapolis, Indiana, on a treadmill, facing an east window, watching the, the sunrise come up. I was in the exercise room, and I always tried to get there early so that I could go at my own pace. Well, that morning I started out, and I, I usually went about 3.7 miles an hour. That was my pace. <laughs> Slow, right, Dan? I, I went at my pace, and, and, and that day as I was on the treadmill, I, I happened to notice that Beside me was this big, strong, burly, yet trim and fit marathon runner. And he stepped onto the treadmill and just zoomed right past 3.7. I mean, out of the corner of my eye, I glanced over and he was doing 7.3. And about that time, I was really beginning to feel guilty. And I thought about reaching forward and hitting the speed advance button. And then I looked to my left, and here was this young, shapely young lady, ponytail bobbing, just running, and she was doing about six miles an hour. And here I am, plodding along, 3.7. And I was really beginning to feel threatened and insecure. And then I noticed something. I was getting just as far toward that sunrise as they were. I mean, being on a treadmill makes you feel like a gerbil anyway. But, but it does strange things to your mind, and I realized that they weren't making any more progress toward the goal than I was. Now, back to our story for just a minute. One of the reasons that Jacob wanted to go at his own pace was because, you remember, Jacob had been this way before. He knew the route. He knew how rough and rugged the terrain was. He knew how difficult it was for him when he went that way the first time. And he knew how difficult it would be for the flocks and the herds and the children and his family to go back the other way. And so in careful tenderness, because he knew the way, he said, thank you, we'll go at our own pace. I'd like for you to do a little experiment with me tonight. All of you have lived in Colorado Springs for varying amounts of time, and most of you have been in this chapel on several occasions. 
because you're night students, most of the time you're here at night, but when we started back in the fall, when we gathered for chapel, it was not dark outside. But I want you, back then, we looked out the window, right? Beautiful Pikes Peak. In fact, I find it very difficult to sit in this section in the daytime and keep my mind on what's going on here. But I want you to think for just a moment, what is out that window? What's out there? Describe the, who would like to describe the scene for me just a minute? What's out that window? What do you see when you look out there? Okay, Mike, you're a good volunteer. I love you. You see backwards instead of forwards. I didn't prompt him on that one, folks. But there are an awful lot of people who go through life with, an eye, with a wide-angle rear-view mirror that is rose-tinted and tunnel vision looking forward. But what do you, that, that's just, I just threw that in. Maybe I should have thrown it out, I don't know. Uh, what do you see out that window? Pike's Peak. Okay, what else do you see right out that window? Rocks. What kind of rocks? Okay, what else is out there? Academy Boulevard. Okay. Earlier today, I took a picture out that window. In just a few minutes, a few seconds, I'm going to ask the guys to, not yet, to put the picture up on the screen. And while it is on the screen, I want you to intently study the picture. It's not going to be up there very long. And then I'm going to ask for a couple of volunteers to help me for a minute, okay? So, are you eyes fixed on the screen? Okay, guys, now. Who'd like to volunteer to describe that scene? Okay, come up here, James. Okay, who else? I need one more. Real quick. He didn't see it all. Come on. You gonna make me call on you? Okay, Mike, come on back. You volunteered once. Okay, now I want you two guys to stand right here beside the pulpit, and I want you to look out at them. Okay, put the, put the picture back up. Okay, now don't, don't, don't look. Okay, tell us what is on the picture. Um, there's a maple tree. It looks like a maple tree. Uh, right straight in the center of the picture um, with rows of pine trees off to the side. Pikes Peak in the back. Big rocks um, in the front. There's three of them. One's really big, and then the two are smaller that are next to it sidewalk leading around it, um, grassy. Okay, Mike. I concur. <laughs> Blue sky. Blue sky. If this were Family Feud, you're not going to win, okay? <laughs> Blue sky. Again, Pikes Peak, like you said, two pine trees off to the right. <laughs> Pretty much everything is there. You want snow? 
on Pike's There's Peak. There's a little too. bit of snow. Here. Oh, a little bit of snow on Pike's Peak. <laughs> Any other snow in the picture? Now, while you guys stay here and don't look, can you see the sidewalk, folks? <laughs> Can't see the sidewalk. Is there any snow? Where? Right outside the door, or out the window, yeah. How many rocks? Well, if you count the little ones, I mean, you know, under the snow, but <laughs> you're a good guy. Appreciate it. Okay, what else did, did they miss? There's a, there's a what? Yeah, there's a little city out there. Incidentally, I think it's an aspen tree, not a maple. Car Carla was having fits out there being from... New Hampshire, and no one, may, right, Carla? You, you said that's not a maple tree. I can see it in your. Okay, that's okay. Thanks, guys. Go down. Appreciate it. Leave the picture up. Let me suggest to you that there are times when uh, when God gives us a three to five second glimpse of what's ahead of us. There are other times when all that we see ahead of us is night. Very, very seldom does God give us a vision of what's ahead, and that vision just stays there until the goal is accomplished. In fact, I suggest to you that if at this moment God would reveal to you all of the things that are ahead of you in ministry, both good and bad, you would probably want to just quit. Now, but let me remind you of this. Just as Jacob had been the way before, he knew the path that the children and his family would have to take. Our God knows the path that you and I will have to take. God understands the wonderful little cards that come our way along with the not-so-good surprises. God knows, as Dr. Lambright likes to say, about every syllabus that you will face while you are here. God knew what was on those syllabus, syllabi before you left wherever home was. And if he didn't think that you could make it, or more importantly, if he didn't promise that he would help you make it, he would not have called you here. He knows the way. For some of you, the pace may be 7.3 classes per term. Not likely, but for others, it will simply be 3.7 miles an hour, and you will get to the goal at your pace 
at your time as God intends and as God directs. I have been reminded of a verse over in Job. The 23rd chapter, the 10th verse, Job says, He knows the way I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. God knows the way you take. And it's interesting, right over here to my left is one guy who is about to finish and one guy who has just started. <laughs> and all over this auditorium, we are at different stages of the journey. And we're not sure whether the mountain... Oh yeah, go ahead and show the scripture, guys. We're not sure whether the mountain is there or if it's all darkness and black. But God knows the way we take. And if we allow him to lead us in the way that he wants us to go at the timing that he chooses, when he has tested us, we will come forth as gold. Always remember, he's been this way before. He knows the way we are taking. And in the middle of winter, when it's the longest session, and we're not sure God knew about this syllabus, and we're not sure that he knew about that accident that should have been taken care of a year and a half ago, but wasn't. And we're not sure how in the world we could have ever been in New York City while we were sitting in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. God understands all about it. And he's been the way before. And so I say to you, be like Jacob. And say to people around you, you go at your pace, I'll go at mine. We'll go with God because he knows the way. And that will lead us to victory. And we shall come forth as gold. Thank you. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you lead us. There are times when you give us a glimpse and perhaps like James and Mike, we see almost everything that's there. There are other times when we are walking in the darkness, in the valley, in the darkest of night. Sometimes in the valley, sometimes on the mountain peaks. But wherever you lead us, may you lead us and may we follow your lead because we know that you know the road that will take us not wherever we want to go, but where you want us to go in 2006. Now lead us in peace as we leave this place. Amen.